Hey, hey, this is Takara, and you are listening to A Letter to My Sister podcast. You are in the right place if you are raised to be a strong, independent woman who didn't have to depend on anybody for anything, but then you realize there were some lessons that you didn't quite get as you were going along the way. We often go through life the best way that we know how, and we don't even realize that there's a better way. So in here, there will be some raw and real conversations surrounding life lessons about the things that we wish that we had known, maybe about self, love, money, and even our careers. So if you're new here, be sure to subscribe to the podcast, and I would love for you to leave a rating and review as well. So now that we've got all that out the way, let's chat, sis. Here we are, episode number one of A Letter to My Sister podcast. I am excited to be here, and I certainly hope that y'all are ready. So if you listen to the intro, then you know I said that we're going to have some transparent, some honest, some open conversations. And guess what? It starts with episode number one, this one right here. As you all may know or may not know, this past weekend was National Siblings Day. And that's why I chose to release this podcast in its entirety on the following Monday. I mean, hence letter to my sister, National Siblings Day. And so all of that came about because as I was talking to my friends, I would say, you know, I feel like we are entirely too quiet about our stories and entirely too quiet about the things that we just go through in life and whether it's due to shame or due to embarrassment or whatever it is. I said, I absolutely do not want my sister to go through this life blind if I can help it. And I thought, well, what is the best way for me to do this? I could write it and, you know, write her some notes or put it in a journal or something like that. And then I said, well, I think I can record it. And then, you know, maybe it goes on a a podcast or something. I mean, the girl is already on YouTube. She's already trying to create some YouTube channels and make YouTube videos and all of those wonderful things. And the kicker is there is a 30 year age gap between she and I. 30 year age gap between me and my younger sister. Clearly, this is a topic of conversation for another day that there's a 30 year age gap. But I digress. So in continuing with that, I know that there are also other women out there who maybe didn't have a big sister who are uh, who is an only child or just wishes they could have some kind of mentor to help them navigate through life. And this isn't specifically for younger women because we all know that experience is the best teacher. And if I experience something, then hopefully someone older me, older than me can learn from it as well. And that's the point of all of this. The point is to bring us all together to share our stories and create a community basically where we can just go 
and get some sound advice from each other. And my intent is for this podcast to be done in seasons. In one season, we'll kind of focus on one topic and everything that's kind of entailed within that topic. And then from there, we'll move on to the next season. Unless, of course, you know, spirit led, then we might go into another realm or another avenue or hit a different topic, depending on how I feel led. But this also won't be just me. There will be other women, other experts, other people on here with me as well so that we can all learn from each other and get the best advice possible it is that we can. And I know people may be like, okay, well, who are you? (laughs) And why should we listen to this podcast in the first place? Well, that is a very good question. Who am I? For a while, I used to introduce myself by the titles that I had. So whether that was supervisor, manager, CEO, CFO, COO, and you know, whatever other titles that people can give you. But once you strip all those titles away, once you strip away the title of a person for mom, wife, husband, son, daughter, all of those things, who are you? And for me, at the end of the day, I am just a girl from Detroit who is trying to make her mark on the world. That's all I'm trying to do. And part of the way that I'm trying to do that is through this podcast so that other women are not struggling through life and learning some of these life lessons the hard way when really these are conversations that we should have been having with each other when we were younger. Now, let me transition and just kind of tell you a little bit about me from the very beginning all the way up until present day. And then that way you can get a really good picture of who I am and why I wanted us to have some of these conversations. My mom is, was very strict on me, insanely strict on me. So think of my mom as like the drill sergeant that likes to listen to Shantae Moore, Keith Washington, Luther Vandross, you know, Gerald LeVert, those people think of that. My father, on the other hand, super laid back dude. He listens to DJ Quick, too short. Like me and my dad, we even partied together. Okay, we partied together. We had a a very good time and we had a really close relationship because I felt like he was more open and I could communicate better with him more so than I could with my mom. I stayed with my mom during the school year and I would be so happy to leave. Like my bags were already packed before the school was even out for the year. That's how ready I was to go. And I was so happy to see my dad. And not only that, it was my it was everybody. It was my dad, it was my grandma, it was my my brothers, 
all the family that I hadn't seen. And I was very close to my dad's side of the family. So I was always just kind of super anxious and ready to get out of Dodge when it came to going to Detroit for the summer. And some of the things that happened was where we were living at the time, and I'll just go with my high school years. I was living in Oklahoma. Oklahoma is where I was living. And my family is from Detroit. So in Oklahoma, in high school, uh, I'm not that popular. I don't have anybody asking me for my number. I don't have anybody trying to take me to homecoming, take me to prom. Me and my cousin went to prom because neither one of us had a date. So we just we just went <laughs> in the same car. And but when I decide to go to school in Detroit, it was like a night and day difference. In Oklahoma, I go from not being paid any attention to going back home to Detroit and being paid lots of attention. And for a teenager, this is freaking awesome because, you know, I got all of those backhanded compliments when I was younger, like, oh, you're pretty to be a dark skinned girl. Oh, you are you such a pretty little black girl. But then I noticed that when they were talking with my cousin who was taller than me and who had a lighter complexion, she was just pretty. She wasn't pretty to be a black girl. She was just pretty and she should be a model. But I was told that I'm pretty to be a black girl, meaning I guess that I'm supposed to be ugly, but I'm some kind of anomaly, a unicorn of sorts. So as I'm getting all of this attention that I'm not used to, number one, I'm loving it because I'm like I said, I'm not used to getting it. I stayed with my mom nine months out of the year. So it. There's no, there were no other men in the house, so I'm not getting any attention there. I get, you know, the love of my father, but I only get that during the summer. So three months. And because my mother and I didn't have the best relationship when it came to me dating other people, when she would give me her opinion about them, it was falling on deaf ears because I'm like, well, you should have told me this. Before I left, like, don't tell me once I start dating them and then tell me you don't like them because my dad here, the one that I have a closer relationship with, hasn't said a word. He hasn't said he don't feel no particular way about him. He hasn't said anything. So I'm dating all of these people. I'm not going to say all these people. Now, child, I, I gave my number out to basically anybody who asks. You could have my number. No problem. As far as dating people, though, I will admit that I was more selective with that. But even still, there was a point where I really suffered from low self-esteem because, number one, I didn't have people ask me out. And number two, my acne was just out of control. Like I couldn't get rid of it. And when you first get acne, you know, people tell you, oh, this is just a teenage thing. It goes away. So naturally, I'm looking at my skin at 20 like, well, why don't I have clear skin yet? Well, maybe it needs one more year. 21, I still don't have clear skin. And that was just a whole nother struggle and definitely a, a confidence blow to how I felt that I looked. And 
you know, when I finally do have the attention of these men, I want to keep it. And so with me wanting to keep it, sometimes you do things that are kind of out of character for you. So as a disclaimer for my mom and my dad, this might be the point where you want to turn off this podcast. I'm telling you right now, dad, you certainly don't want to hear it. Mom, you might clutch your pearls, but don't come for me. Don't say that I did not give y'all any warning or anything like that. I'm letting you know right now, this is your warning. Okay, so with that, I did not lose my virginity until I was 20 or 21, somewhere around there. And because I think that that was FOMO before the term FOMO became a thing, because I was like, you know, all my friends are already out here. They're doing this grown woman thing. And I I'm not doing the grown woman thing. I'm constantly seen as the goody two shoes. I'm just I'm sick of being in this role. And so the person that I was dating at the time, I was like, all right, cool. He's it. This is what we are going to do. And it'll be fine. Well, him and I ended up breaking up a month later. If if that, I think it was probably about a month or so, a month or so later. But after that, you know, I was like, well, I'm going to still continue to, you know, try this thing out. There's got to be something to it. And it's progressive. It's the next step that you make in a relationship and blah, blah, blah. And then as years go by, again, I'm still suffering with acne. I'm still kind of suffering from this low self-esteem, self-confidence. And so as I then still continue to meet some of these men and I like them and we chat it up. And, you know, if I feel like they were kind of start to pull away a little bit, I would give in to their request. And most of the time that request was sex. And then that's what I would do. Of course, later on, I eventually came to my senses because you would give in and then the relationship would still be trash. And you're like, well, why did we why did we do this? What was the point in all of this? So, again, something that I wish my parents had taught me was how to date somebody, the kind of character of the person that. I should be dating some qualities to look for, some red flags to look for, some green flags to look for, but I didn't get that lesson. So moving on to friendships even, the same could be said for who you become friends with. Again, it's still the character of the person. And for me, because my mother did not live where the rest of my family lived and we moved quite often, I have no idea what it's like to be able to say, oh, yeah, I've known so and so since we were five years old or since we were in kindergarten together or me and so and so. We went to elementary school, middle school, high school together. We've been down since a long time ago. I don't have that experience because we moved around every few years So if you have someone in your life who is able to give you that solid advice or at least able to give you a listening ear, I'm just here to encourage you to say, 
hold on to those friends because not all of us can say that we have those kind of people in our life that can sow into us, that can speak life to us or someone that just say that, hey, I know you. I know this is not like you. You normally don't do this. You normally don't do that. What's up? I don't have that kind of relationship. But if you do, that's definitely something good for you to have because now you have someone else who can hold you accountable and hold you to the fire if you're acting out of character. So that's just one of the things. I mean, not much can be taught there, but I did want to throw that out. Like, like don't just kind of dismiss some of your friendships. And especially if you're dating, please don't dismiss some of these friendships because they can certainly see things that you probably can't. And moving on to to college, I went to college a little bit early. I graduated from high school when I was 17. And that's so much pressure to put on a 17 or even an 18-year-old. Like, you're going to go to college, and I need you to make this decision about what you want to do for the rest of your life. Like, bro, I still got a bedtime. How are you going to tell me what I'm supposed to do for the rest of my life? Like, I just got my license the other day. So naturally, I say, okay, well, I want to help people. And then in my, you know, finite mind, the only way for me to help people is to become a doctor. So I decide to do pre-med. And I quickly find out once I take all those raggedy science classes, the physics, the organic chemistry one and two, that this probably is not my ministry whatsoever. And what solidified that this wasn't my ministry is I think I had gotten a D in physics. So I said, I'm going to take this class again so that I could increase my grade. I took the class with the same teacher, took my notes, took new notes, saved the old notes and tell me why I got the same grade. That's how I know this was not my ministry. So I said, okay, well, what is the next best thing that I could do? What's the other thing that I really like? And then I said, well, a lot of people like talking to me, a lot of people just come up to me and put all their business out there for whatever reason. I don't know. And I took that as a sign to say, okay, well, maybe I should be like a psychologist of some sort. And I do like psychology. I like the brain and all of that. So I'm going to try that. Three years into my college career, I changed my major from pre-med to psychology. Three years. Now, because I've done this so late, that added an extra year to what was only supposed to be for a year. So now I'm spending five years in college because I'm changing my degree, trying to figure out exactly what it is that I want to do with myself. And naturally, when you change your degree and we have to spend more time in school, that means that you also need to spend more money so that you can stay in school, which makes things very complicating because we know school loans is just ridiculous. And the amount of money that some of these colleges charge is ridiculous. And you don't want to spend an extra year if you don't have to just kind of wasting your time on what you want to do. And 
I wish that when I was younger, that they had something for you to delve a little bit deeper into what you think it is that you might want to do. Because honestly, I feel like accounting and or teaching was my miscalling because I loved math when I was in school. I was taking all kind of math classes that I didn't need to take. I was in school with, I was in class with engineers and all of that because I love math just that much. And even with some of my accounting friends, when they talk, I'm like, man, that sounds so interesting, man. It really does sound interesting. So I think if we can get exposure to that early through teachers, through talking with other people, just to get a better idea of what we want to do or even kind of what our strong suit is or what our strong traits are, then that would help us make a decision so that we're not just out here flapping with wasting money and even wasting time. And so speaking about money, again, another area, my father didn't tell me anything about money. And my mother told me that I should not allow someone to borrow money if I'm going to be upset that I'm not going to get that back or don't write a check if I don't have that amount that I'm writing the check for in my account. That's all the money lessons I got. So when I'm out here thinking I'm doing the thing because I've set this budget and I've got $100 left, I'm just rolling in dough. And I like to see the $100, so then I increase it to $500. Oh, now you really can't tell me nothing because now I got $500 over, you know, my budget. And I'm like, this is, this is awesome. And I literally operated like that until I came across Dave Ramsey and his teachings. And in his teachings, I learned that actually you should have $1,000 on the side just for emergent cases. And then you should actually continue to build up your money. I didn't learn that. And then when I joined the military, I remember my supervisor saying, yeah, just put your bonus into your thrift savings plan. And when you get out, you're going to have a a sizable amount of money if you just kind of get in there and set it and forget it. And I was like, oh, okay, well, let me do that. I put all my little bonus money in there. I left it alone. I set it and forget it, just like they told me. And then I just so happened to be talking to someone in maybe 2017. So this is 12 years later about this money that I've put in this TSP account that I haven't really looked at. And I was like, man, I bet you there's so much money in there. And I go and I look at it and I was so mad, y'all. I put $7,000 in there. And over the course of 12 years, it made a whopping $200, $200. And that was because at that time, when you were investing into the thrift savings plan, it automatically went into this one particular account that barely beats inflation. I mean, barely beats inflation. And we have to get better at asking questions because the better question for me to ask was, well, where does this money go? 
What is the rate of return? What's the fees? If there are any fees, is there a match? Those are questions that I should have been asking, but I didn't know that I needed to ask those questions. And I didn't know until I came across Dave Ramsey. By that time, I was about 30 years old. And you know, when you turn 30, you feel like you want to get your whole life together by then. And that's what happened. And of course, at 30 is also when I got married. And so life happened and the intensity that I had to get my finances in order slowed down because now I'm a newlywed and I'm trying to get my other life in order now because I got this new life that I'm trying to get settled, prep for the future. And by this time we were also moving. So everything was just kind of up in the air and chaos at that time. So again, some of the lessons that I wish that I had learned was just about stock markets and investing. And but not only that, but investing early. And even for whatever reason in Detroit, it seems like some people are like anti-bank, anti-debit card, credit card, whatever. But that's good. Like you need this stuff so that you can get credit. No one tells you about credit. It's more expensive to be poor and broke than than rich and having money because if you were not good with your finances, if you didn't pay your bills on time, if you didn't do all this other stuff, the bank has the nerve to charge you money for money that's not in there. And they'll charge you again if it's still not in there after a certain amount of time. You do that and then there's another program for kids And, you know, it's like all of these things are out here, but it is costing you money. So why not just tell them in the beginning about this and how it's going to be so that we can have kids out here that are smarter about money? Now, I do realize that some parents may not bring it up because they themselves don't know how to bring it up or they don't even have this particular mindset about your money making money for you because... Maybe they're too busy trying to rob Peter to pay Paul or just trying to think of the next thing. And I completely get it. But I think we do ourselves a disservice when we do that. And in those situations, then maybe the parent and the child can learn together. And maybe the parent can find an event and bring the child and say, what did you learn? What did you learn? Well, let me tell you what I learned and kind of piecemeal the conversation that way. I think personally, I think that would be best because I honestly feel like, especially in the black community, that money is not talked about nearly enough, not nearly enough as it should be. Now, we've got many people on here that talk about other things, but nothing that's about creating wealth. And these are the conversations that we need to start having. And then the very last topic that I wanted to discuss as far as things I'd wish I'd known was about just self, Self self-love, self-care, self-esteem, self-confidence, all the things self. Because once I got married, I then kind of started to put myself on the back burner Put my husband up front, you know, never been married before. 
And I was like, you know, I want to do this right and trying to get like the, the best wife of the year award and all of those things. And I'm putting his needs above my own. And I feel like just at some point in July specifically, that this is how well I remember it. I feel like my mind just snapped and said, I literally woke up one day and was like, I've had enough. I have had enough. And my brain has literally been working in overtime ever since then. So I don't know if I should call it a midlife crisis. I don't know if I want to call it a mid. I'm going to call this a midlife transition. That's what I'll call it, a midlife transition. Because I realized that I had started to live the life that others had dreamed for me, but I wasn't necessarily living the life for myself. So my mom wanted me to go to school, get a good job, get an education, get a career, save my money, do this, do that. Retire from the military so I can be straight for the rest of my life. My grandma was like, get established, you know, get you a good career going before you think about trying to get with somebody or marry somebody or whatever the case is. And again, my dad didn't really say too much. He was just like, I'm proud of you. You're excelling. (laughs) Way to go, right? (laughs) Way to go. But my mind was like, there is so much more that we could be doing. And we, I have had enough of living like this. And in July, my mind literally started going into overdrive about what I could do post-retirement from the military, what I could do today, the ways that I could set myself up for later. Like I started looking into event spacing. I started looking into trading. I started looking into becoming an entrepreneur. And you know the crazy thing that I did not think about? I did not think about the current job that I have now. I did not think about the degree that I have in psychology I did not think about the degree that I earned while I was in the military, which was nursing. None of those things came to mind. So if none of those things came to mind, why am I doing it now? What's the thing that makes me happy? What is the thing that makes me most fulfilled right now in this very moment? That's the thing my mind wanted me to do. And then right after that, I got led to The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks. And that's the phenomenon that he was talking about and what she was saying. Your body knows your body wants you to do this thing that makes you happy, that makes you exhilarated, that makes you want to just get up and do life. And that's why I am here. I have come to disrupt your day. I've come to disrupt your routine. I've come to disrupt the things that you normally do day in and day out because the thing is, I want you to dream. I want you to dream about where you want your life to be one year from now, two years from now, five years from now, and 10 years from now. What does it look like? And if what you want to do five and 10 years from now is not what you want, is not what you're doing today or working towards that, that we're going to have to change some things up and we're going to have to do some things so that we can get ourselves together. We're in the second quarter of the year and we will get our lives together in all of 2021 because that's what we're going to do. We don't have time to be playing around. We don't have time to be 
wasting energy or anything like that. Because to me, the best thing that I can do for my sister at this point is I can show her how to live life to the fullest. I can show her how to go after what you want. I can show her how to dream the life and get the life that you are dreaming of. I don't want her to see me working just a a typical job that I may not necessarily be the most excited about. I don't want her to see me making myself as a martyr in a relationship and completely neglecting myself. I don't want her to see me depressed or not on my game because I didn't give myself the self-discipline to do what I needed to do. That's not the state that I want my younger sister to see me in. And I hope that's not the state that you want your younger or older sisters to see you in, nor is that the state that you want your children to be in either. So this is why I'm here. This is the intent of the podcast. These are the things that I want to talk about, the conversations that we should have had growing up, but for whatever reason, they didn't happen, but they're going to happen today. They're going to happen on this podcast. Like I said, I will be bringing in other people so that we can have these real conversations. Okay, so like I said, I know we took a deep dive, but I am going to bring it back up with something that I think is going to be fun. And this is your homework. Okay, this is your homework. If you've read The Professional Troublemaker or if you've even listened to some of the interviews from Lovey Ajaye Jones, she introduces us to the Oriki. And basically what the Oriki is, is a standing ovation for your spirit. Man. So anyway, I I hope that y'all have heard of this before. If not, you're going to hear about it today. And then after that, you're probably going to go research it. In honor of DMX, the Oriki that she gave for him is Earl of House Simmons, first of his name, passionate poet, revered rapper, hip hop hotshot, lauded lyricist, rough rider, soft soul. And then so what I decided to do was come up with my own Ariki to hype myself up, right? So my Ariki is I am Takara Rene, first of my name, soldier for God, chief organizer, slayer of doubt, your captain of empowerment, purpose puller, energetic encourager, master motivator, queen of sarcasm, popular podcaster. Your homework is for you to come up with your own Ariki and then share that with me to let me know what yours is. So then that way, when we come back next week, you can share your Ariki and then we can go on and talk about the other things. But I really felt that it was important for us today just to really talk about not only who I am as in the person talking to you, but discuss the concept of who am I? Who am I? Who do you see yourself as? Because once you get the real picture of who you see yourself as, once you take down all of those titles and all of that, then we can really get into the meat and potatoes of all of this good stuff that we're going to be talking about. There we have it. Episode one officially in the books. Y'all pray for me. I am a recovering recovering (laughs) perfectionist 
I'm not going to tell y'all how many times I have recorded this one episode and I'm not going to tell y'all how many times I spent editing a previous one that I recorded that is not the one that you hear today. And so for this episode, I said, I am not going to do any editing. Y'all just going to get what I said. So y'all can count some of the words that I said excessively and all of that. Like I told y'all, I am a recovering perfectionist and I have got to give myself grace and ease as I go and not stress myself out. So just just keep me in your prayers. Thank you so much for listening to my very first episode. Like I said, I do believe in community. And so I have created a Facebook group just like the podcast titled A Letter to My Sister because I want us to continue to have these discussions and I know we're not always able to do that via a podcasting platform. Also in that group, I will have a segment called In the Thick of It. And as I go through life transitions, as I'm currently going through one now, that is when I will go live in the group and I will give my most open and honest feelings of how I am coping with going through these particular transitions because then I want to take my sisters along the journey with me. So either you will know what to look forward to, what not to do, (laughs) or completely what to avoid. The choice is yours, sis. The choice is completely yours. But anyway, head on over to the group. Again, it's titled A Letter to My Sister Podcast. And also, since you're still here, please be sure to rate, comment, leave a review, and absolutely subscribe. And until next time, bye.